You artists have a special relationship to beauty. Beauty, like truth, brings joy to the human heart. Beauty is an invitation to savor life and the dream of the future. Beauty is a key to the mystery and a call to transcendence. Beauty is the vocation bestowed on you by the Creator. And the gift of artistic talent. None can sense more deeply than you, artists. Ingenious creators of beauty that you are. That beauty will save the world. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for tuning into JP2 Radio for another episode of Letter to Artists. Brought to you from the vault at John Paul the Great Catholic University, this show is inspired by the beloved St. Pope John Paul II's encyclical, Letter to Artists, and led by Catholic artists from our community who desire to share with you their journey in creativity and their journey of faith through the development of their artistic talents. I am your host, Bailey Garland. Each week, I have been chatting with different artists as we explore a different creative medium. This week, I have two awesome folks in the studio to talk about dancing, which just sounds lovely. I'm so excited because I must admit that I have never been an actual dancer. I have always labeled myself as a strong mover, but I love dancing and growing up, my mom used to call me the dancing queen. So I'm just super, super pumped to jump into this topic. Our guiding excerpt from St. John Paul II's letter to artist is, St. Francis of Assisi twice repeats in the Chartula, which he composed after receiving the stigmata of Christ on the mountain of La Verna, you are beauty. You are beauty. St. Bonaventure comments, in things of beauty, he contemplated the one who is supremely beautiful, and, led by the footprints he found in creatures, he followed the beloved everywhere. And I just, I love this quote, so I can't wait to dive into it with each of our guests, which are two dancers that will be chatting with me today. Megan Geyer, dancer and choreographer extraordinaire. Her experience has led her to appear at festivals, minor league sporting events, the Disneyland parade, and even leading her to NASCAR upcoming in just a couple months. She has a background in acting, and she says it helped her in her dancing career. So I'm super excited to speak with her later in the show. Joining us first, speaking of acting experience and dancing, our first guest, Timothy Johnson, who is here with us now, is going to tell us his story, how the two combined. Welcome, Tim. Hi, Bailey. It's good to be here. It's so good to have you. How are you doing today? I'm doing just fantastic. Oh, that's today. excellent. Even I know better you're now. even better now. Even better now. Oh, great. Yeah. I know you're heading into finals, so I appreciate oh, yeah. you being here. Of course. Um, do you mind just leading us in a prayer? Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Uh, dear Lord. We thank you for bringing us here today to share our talents, our skills, our gifts and graces that you have given us, and please continue to guide us and lead us in your holy will as we ask through your blessed mother, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Our Lady of Sorrows, pray, pray for, for us. In the name of the Father, Father and Son, the Son, and the Holy, holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. All right, Tim, why don't we just dive in by you telling us mm -hmm. a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, like you said, I'm an, I'm an actor. I'm an acting major here at JP Catholic. I'm a sophomore. Uh, I'm from Chicago, Illinois, as you are. Woo -woo. Yeah, represent, <laughs> represent. Yeah, I'm from Chicago, the suburbs. Um, yeah, sophomore, acting major. I was a dancer for, I started dancing when I was five, and I danced up until I was like 18, 19. Oh, and wow. Yeah, I stopped because I came out to college, and mm -hmm. obviously, like, there's no, I don't have a lot of time for it out here, but it's still something that I'm very passionate about, and it's still something that's very much a part of who I am, and something that's formed, formed a lot of who I am, for sure. 
let's dive into that. When did you start dancing? I started when I was five. It was funny because my sister was a dancer. She was started dancing before me, my older sister. Coincidentally, she went to JP Catholic too. Uh-huh. Oh, cool. Um, but she she was a dancer before me, and my mom would take me to her lessons just because like she didn't have like a babysitter at the time, so I just had to go. So me and my brother, it's really funny. She always talks about it, my mom, because my brother and I were like would sit there like watching, and my brother hated it, and he never wanted to be there, but I was like watching the whole time, and I was like in awe, and I wanted to join in so bad. And um, so then my mom signed me up, and I started taking lessons when I was five, and it just kind of kept going. Oh wow! Yeah. And so, um, what styles did you get into? Uh, so I did, um, I did jazz, tap, ballet, and then later on, I started doing hip hop as well. And then at my studio, I was like one of the like assistant instructors, and like my specialty was like hip hop. I helped run those classes. Oh, that's super cool! Did you find yourself kind of leaning into one of those more than the other? Or? Oh, for sure, yeah. With dancing, you there's always one style that's gonna kind of speak to you more. And for me, it's like it was hip hop and tap. That those were oh, like cool. my areas. Cause like I'm not a musician, but if I was, I would be a percussionist because of tap. Like mm. tap is like a percussion thing. Yeah. Cause it's like it just is percussion with your feet. So that was something that I was, I was really passionate about tap, and I really enjoy tap. And hip hop is a lot. It's a lot freer than a lot of the other. Um, not a lot of the other styles, but like it's one of the most freeing ones, for sure. So you said it was um, a pretty formative experience for you mm-hmm. to be involved in dance. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just speak about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, dance it formed me a lot as an artist, and it's one of the reasons why like I'm really passionate about about being an artist because like it was something I was engrossed in for all of my life, really. Because it's you you're with a group of other artists too, and it's so collaborative and it's so like hands-on especially with dance because it's all with your body like it's not intellectual work at all it's all with your body so it's 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 very upfront in how you how you present your art and it was it was it helps form community for sure like it brings you a lot closer like the the bond anyone who's a dancer knows like the kind of bond you have with your other dancers like in the studio there's like a there's a special energy there and um it's something I think every group of artists have, but with dance, it's like a, it's a special little thing. That's really cool. And I, I think it's interesting that you say, um, that, 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 that exploration of it's not so, um, intellectual as it is mm-hmm. kind of instinctual and mm-hmm. just, I, I know a lot, especially as I was acting in musicals when we were dancing, it was, mm-hmm. it became muscle memory. It'd always be like, find your muscle yeah. memory. Like once it becomes muscle memory, mm-hmm. like you'll just know your body will know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering how. I feel like that's a really cool thing mm-hmm. to discover as you were dancing. Did you find, um, I guess, you working things out maybe emotionally or men- mentally, even though it's not an intellectual thing, through mm-hmm. this instinctual movement of your body? Or was it, um, and, and then in your acting, did it help you kind of form emotions? or? Um, what is really interesting about it is, um, like I said, it's like it's really, it's really not... I don't want to say it's not intellectual because it's not like you're not thinking about it, but you're finding you're finding the movement in the music. It's like something you're pulling out of the music that just the 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 feeling and the emotions and everything in the music is is making you react this way. And this is how you move because you're like you're a channel of the music and you're showing what it is. At least that's how I understand. It. I don't know if that's like there's a lot of people who are definitely like way more experienced and like learned and danced than I am. But that's from what 
I understood and how I experienced dance. That's what it was for me. Um, and it helped a lot in my acting because, like, I didn't I didn't do a ton of acting. I was ma- I was just a dancer because I was in the studio like like 20, 30 hours a week. Wow, a lot. Um, because I was an assistant teacher, so I was like helping with a ton of other classes and stuff with like all the younger kids, which was so fun. But um, the it it really goes hand in hand in acting in a sense because with acting it's like you want everything at least from what I've learned here and I really enjoy what I've learned here but it's it's all the instinctive parts are very similar of it all being like impulse and just go and it's not acting isn't all in your head like a part of it is in your head but like a lot of it is is lived in in your body and that part I think was a lot easier for me to understand and a lot easier for me to grasp because I've been I I did that for like you know over a decade like with dance like letting the feelings and emotion instead of a script it's a song like letting those live in my body and letting those move me and letting those the words and the sounds and everything just move my body and not think about it. That's really cool. So it just sounds like it calls you to be super present to yeah, the moment that 100%. you're in. Yeah. yeah, really present. You have to be you have to be so like open and available and just there and vulnerable. That's really cool. And to to have yeah, the vulnerability and like the humility to say I mean, it's really a humbling thing, I think, to let a script or a song carry you and yeah. to say, like, how how am I going to react and respond? You, like you said, in your scene partner, maybe in a play, but mm-hmm. a song in in a song, yeah. And it's oh, it's like, what is it? Improv and dance is like it's something I hated so much because it's so terrifying. Because it's like you have to be so vulnerable just to like let the music move you in whatever way it's going to move you, and to not be self-conscious about that like it's a terrifying thing and it's very similar in acting to just like follow your impulses and do whatever you feel you need to do in the scene Mm -hmm. to get what you want it's very similar that's really cool and I think I'm like thinking too in the sense of um just the word freedom itself and I know we talk a lot about this in a catholic context of Mm -hmm. you know freedom isn't you know, it's t- the right to do what we ought to mm-hmm. do. Um, and I feel like that's where, you know, you've learned the steps, you've learned the techniques, you've learned all the things. So you have the muscle memory or mm-hmm. the, the intellect is already, the intellectual has become instinctual. Yeah. Where it's in a sense of like, you are free to let the music move you, but mm-hmm. you also have, you know, there's a right order to how it works. Yeah. And, but to let yourself fall into that, exactly. I think is something really cool. Yeah. Did you find yourself, um, as you were taking lessons and, or I guess just dancing, what did that look like then? Would you go into the studio and um, just dance freely or you would be learning steps or how, how does that even work taking dance lessons? Um, well, taking dance lessons, how how we do it, how we did it and how it's generally done. It's like you do a lot of like technique work. So you learn like a lot of like there are different forms of ballet that you do. Ballet is like fundamental, like to be to be like a really good dancer. You need to I'd, I think you should do ballet 100 wow. um, percent. But, yeah, you do a lot of technique work. Like, the, the how our classes would go, like, the first half would be, like, technique work. And then when our recital season was going, we'd start learning these pieces. And, um, but, like, the big part of it that builds the um, the skill is the technique work. And the, the recital pieces are kind of like a stretch to see how much we can do and how much we've learned and see if we can put that into practice. But that's a lot of the, um, it's a lot of the, the day-to-day stuff. That's how it went, at least. 
Yeah. That's cool. So when you move from like the lessons of learning the different like individual steps mm-hmm. to into like the recital pieces, mm-hmm. is that somebody else choreographed it for you and then yeah. you learned it? Yeah. How we did it was like our instructor would like teach us actually like in the first half of the year it would be like all technique. Like the whole class would be technique because our recital was in like May. So like the second half of the year we'd start like doing half technique days and then recital days and then it would just turn into all recital days. But um yeah, it was like we'd learn I mean, for the younger classes, it was really fun because, like, when I'd help out with those classes, we'd teach them these, like, steps. And, like, each week we'd have, like, a step for them to do. And eventually those would all, like, all the steps they learned would be in their dance. And it was, like, that whole thing. And it was, like, the same in the older classes. It w- but it wasn't, like, as scheduled. It's, like, we'd learn new things. We'd push ourselves. We'd learn new, new like, new steps, new moves, new techniques. And then the recital piece would be like just pushing our limits and seeing what we can really do and like really testing us and really driving us to see how much we've learned and how much we can really grow. Yeah. I think that's interesting. And I'm wondering how much maybe this was a struggle or maybe it wasn't. um, Is it hard to learn a dance that comes from someone else, like having someone else choreograph something and, and give it to you? Or you, you had said that improv dance was a struggle because it's very vulnerable mm-hmm. but um did it ever feel like a battle that the moves weren't coming from you when you had a choreographed piece or was it kind of like acting like you're given a script and you have to m- make it part of you if that makes sense it, I, yeah i get what you mean it was it's i think it's it's similar to acting in that way where it's like you have to because at least how i found it it was like when it was choreographed for me yeah it wasn't exactly how i felt the music was moving me but it was still from the music so it was still like similar enough not similar enough but it was still something from the music that I could understand and that I could I could connect with and I never really had anything that wasn't like really crazy and like strange to me that I couldn't connect with or couldn't get from the music so it was like difficult to grasp but it was it's it's like acting in that sense when it's like you're given something that you kind of have to work with but it's it's familiar enough to pull something from yeah and then with those um or recitals did were they almost like mini performances did you like have costumes and a story that you were telling oh yeah it was like our studio did like a like a big old thing like we had we went to like our local community college and got this like big old theater and we like sold it out every year it was really fun it was really fun and it was pretty professional from what i remember like i remember a lot of people would come up to us after and be like this is this is crazy this is really cool but um (laughs) Yeah, we'd have costumes. Each, like, class had, like, a piece they'd perform. And then there was the ballet production, which was, like, supposed to be a story. It was, like, a story every time or it was, like, a theme. And then there was the studio company, and that one was a story every time. And, um, yeah, that's generally how it went. And then it kind of started um, every other class. Later later on, like, every other class started kind of telling their own story with their own little thing. But I was in the ballet productions and the company productions as well. That's really cool, and I'm sure the little actor in you loved that. Then. Oh, it was amazing! I loved it so much. There was there was one 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 year we did a Star Wars piece. Oh and wow! I was Darth Vader, and it was the coolest thing ever. Wow! It was really weird in the moment because I was like dancing in a Darth Vader costume. <laughs> I was doing ballet in a Darth Vader costume. It's the strangest <gasps> thing, but it was really cool. It was really fun to do. Looking back on it, that's epic, and yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um. We're getting to that point in our show where if you're just joining us now, and I hope you did, just to catch that Tim was doing ballet in a Darth Vader costume, you are listening to the voice of Timothy Johnson as we discuss his experience in dancing, um, kind of his journey um, through classes and um, and especially in, in his dual um, 
emphasis, I guess, in his life, not not in his studies. He's a he's an acting major here at JP Catholic. Um, but how dancing has kind of formed him as the actor that he is today. Um, later in the show, we're going to be talking to Megan Geyer, who has similar experiences in acting and dancing. So it's really cool um, to hear the parallels in their conversations. So make sure you tune in for that. But right now, as we've got Tim with us, it's that time to pivot the conversation back to that guiding excerpt from JP2's encyclical Letter to Artist. He writes, St. Francis of Assisi twice repeats in the Chartula, which he composed after receiving the stigmata of Christ on the mountain of Laverna, You are beauty. You are beauty. St. Bonaventure comments, In things of beauty, he contemplated the one who is supremely beautiful, and led by the footprints he found in creatures, he followed the beloved everywhere. So Tim, I just invite you now to <clears throat> give any personal reflection you found through the snippet. Um, it can be just any thoughts that you have or on it reflecting in dancing and your experience. Um, it, that's really funny. It brought up this one, this one memory I had of one of my friends was in this like modern dance show when you're at her college. So like, the rest of us from our like dance dance group drove up to like see it and it was so weird it was like the most bizarre thing i've ever seen and it was just like strange and it wasn't like i wasn't like really bad and like immoral or anything it was just like weird it was just, like a weird thing and um this quote like made me think about that like francis of assisi finding beauty in like the animal tracks and stuff it's like there's beauty in everything and like the it was strange to me. Like the modern show was really weird to me and it made me very uncomfortable, but it was like, there's still some beauty in that of just using your body to just feel and express this music, which in, in some way does come from God, like finding some, there's always some form of God you can find in like anything. And I think dance is something that, kind of can be intimidating to people and think it's something that I think people jump on for being a bit too like I don't want to say immoral again but like something yeah. like people can get really really tense about it, especially yeah. in like our our culture that we live in now but it's like there's always there's always some God in it because it comes from music and music always to some degree comes from God. Oh, absolutely. And I, I have a lot to say about this and yeah. um, I always wish that we had unlimited time. Mm. I do want to call attention to though, the, the fact that you had brought up, you had said that word uncomfortable mm. and that, that show um, perhaps made you uncomfortable, but also that you still found beauty in it. Mm. And I think specifically in this passage, it's interesting to me because St. Francis expresses this after he received the stigmata, mm. which that's a thing of uncomfort and yeah. Fusion and like for us to look at the wounds of Christ and say you are beautiful, n we know that. I mean, after the fact, but that's a huge mystery in our church to say that Jesus received all this pain, and that is a beautiful thing. That was the, you know, that is the Paschal mystery. Is you know our life. I mean, the Eucharist is and some of our faith, but the, it needed the Paschal mystery to be. And um, so I just think about that. Um, as you were saying that how, I mean, for St. Francis of Assisi was certainly not comfortable receiving yeah, the stigmata. I can imagine. Um, and how, how our bodies reflect something, although they can be uncomfortable, how that is, um, that is still beautiful. And I, and I do think, um, there's a lot of reflection and things there. So if you want to keep talking more about, um, I talked a little bit, I recorded the, the second guest 
first. Mm. So now it's kind of funny because <laughs> I actually know what's going to be in the other um, interview. Whoa. And kind of, I guess, bringing that, I guess now then we'll give a little taste. We talked a little bit about specifically for, for women, mm-hmm. modesty and yeah. in yeah. movement and in dress mm-hmm. and how that can be sort of um, a place of uncomfortability and just yeah. some form of confrontation. But I guess from a male perspective, how has that been? Modesty, mm. I think, in movement especially maybe, yeah. or I don't know how much costume-wise, but um, has that been a challenge for you, or have you ever felt like um, it, it's been a little scandalous, or like have you ever had to battle that or no? Um, luckily, I never had to because mm-hmm. our studio, my studio was very good about like making sure everyone was like comfortable and we weren't pushing anyone in that, yeah. in that way. But like that's a reason I didn't, really continue dancing as much as i as i thought i would because like the dance world is is it's a very interesting place for lack of a better word but um i i I had a lot of friends who would compete and i'd hear some stuff and it's like i knew there were there was and it was a world i was getting a bit engrossed in because i was thinking about it being a career yeah and it's i don't know it is like a challenging thing in dance because i think that's I think our culture's made it like that. I think, like, as an art form, it doesn't need to be. And a lot of dance, a lot of dance is about the, like, art and beauty of just the human body. Right. So a lot of it is, like... Which is awesome. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah. And it's, like, it's it's a... And it, like, like in, you know, like, ancient times, like, like sculptures and stuff, it's all about, like, the art of the human body. And right. I feel like it's something that... We kind of we kind of lost today, like appreciating that and finding like a, a modest, like I don't want to say safe, but like a, a better way. I don't know a better way, but yeah. some way to still appreciate the art of the human body. Yeah, you know, and I think that's where like the struggle comes down to of like trying to find that line of like where, like where the I don't know what the word is, but where the like the best way to find somehow to I'm not speaking English right now. I'm not really making sense. But, like, the best way to appreciate that art, I feel like that's the kind of struggle with modesty. Yeah, and I think that's worth exploring and worth not making sense about till we make yeah, sense about yeah. it, you know? It's like, those are the questions that we have to ask is, like, how how can this be right ordered? Because it mm-hmm. is beautiful and it is, I mean, it's there in the Bible. Like, mm-hmm. David danced before the Lord. So there's something holy yeah. in it. And Jesus danced at the wedding of Cana. You know, it's mm-hmm. like there there is beautiful, like, mm-hmm. great worth there. Um, but it's, like, it's worth stepping into and diving into um to try to figure it out um but I guess kind of maybe now pivoting the conversation back a little bit more towards you mm-hmm. how has dancing uh, like sort of affected your relationship with God or how is this call to dance um it's ac- it actually brought me a lot closer to God especially in my like later high school years it definitely did um there was a lot more personal reasons why it did but like sure. just as as the art itself, like it makes you appreciate your body so much because there's so much you can do with your body that people don't even like think about in your like everyday life. And you like for dancing, you have to be in like tip top shape all the time because dance is like it's a performance art. So it's like to to keep growing in it and to keep getting better, you have to be like in it every day and you have to be pushing yourself every day. And it takes a lot from you physically. So you have to be like, you have to be working out and like conditioning and stretching every day. And it, as much as like, as, as painful as that can be, you know, like 
it's still something you appreciate so much. Like I was, I was, I was very like active and healthy and like, it helps your, it helps my mental health a lot. And through that, it helped my spiritual health like exponentially, like staying, staying healthy in my body. Like if your body's not healthy, that takes away, people don't, I don't think people actually realize how much like being physically unhealthy takes away from your mental health. Like it, it's so much, it helps so much being just physically healthy and staying active like every day, every week. It helps so much. It'll keep your mental state really high. And through that, your spiritual health, like it helps me so much. I can't, there's so many ways it did. That's beautiful. And I, I agree with that. I, um, <laughs> I shout out to the woman's school, which is a six months like, uh, women's wholeness program which we talk a lot about that um like the wheel this is some like lingo but they talk about the wheel and the arena of our lives and um, one of those is and, and they're all connected in a, in a wheel and that's what turns our life and so if one spoke on a wheel is broken it makes the whole thing shaky mm-hmm. and so um we talk a lot about how like our spiritual mental and physical health are all intertwined mm-hmm. and yeah um i can see that I- even in my own life how mm-hmm. if i'm not feeling good it, yeah. you know, how, how it leads yeah. to further disruption in my other ar- arenas. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really interesting. Did you have sort of a routine, um, maybe physically for oh, exercise? Yeah. And then did that, did you do a daily prayer? Or like how, what did that look like your spiritual life look um, like then? It really kicked in in high school. It's something I really started thinking about in high school. Um, I, cause dance got more intense. Like the older you get, the more intense it gets, obviously. So to keep up, I started like I started going to the gym every day and I was like in there every day. And then at dance, I do a lot of stretching and conditioning. And I just started to feel a lot better mentally because I was like I felt I felt good in my body. And that started to draw me. You start like chasing that kind of high. And then there's a lot of bad ways you can do that. But because I was I was I was born Catholic, I've been Catholic my entire life. And my family is very supportive of like my faith. Because of I was in that environment, so it was very, I was very blessed to just naturally go towards Christ, mm-hmm. and that was like where I went to chase that wellness. Is like I wanted to be spiritually well, so I was I was homeschooled, haha. But um, I I had the free time, so I'd go to church a lot. I would go to adoration and confession all the time, and that like going to the gym, conditioning, stretching, and then confession, adoration, the sacraments. And staying in a state of grace is something that's so important. Um, those three, like, that was my routine, like, every week. It was, like, make sure I'm getting some time in with Jesus, make sure I'm getting some time in just for myself, and make sure I'm getting some time in for my body. Like, it yeah. was it was a it was a very good time for me. And it's, like, it's still something that I think everyone should do. Like, whether or not, like, going to the gym every day is something that, like, you can do or, like, want to do, because it is a lot, like, finding some way to like focus on all three like aspects of your of your person like your physical spiritual and mental you know because i feel like especially in in the catholic world a lot of the focus is on the intellectual side and the mental side mm. and i feel like the the body gets kind of the short end of the 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 stick on that situation you know yeah i would agree and i think that's why i'm super excited i I was telling Tim earlier that I'm super pumped to do another episode on dancing and talk more about theology of the body with with our guests. I think that would be a really cool thing to discuss. Um, But unfortunately, we are running out of our time, Tim. Did you have any final thoughts that you wanted to throw in there? Um, Yeah, I just say to the viewers, guys, 
take care of your bodies. Like if going to the gym isn't what works for you, find something else to do. Find something else to do. It's worth it. And you'll feel a lot better physically and mentally. Like, yeah, it's it's painful and it's strenuous, but like it's so worth it. Yeah. It's so worth it. And that's so true how we're often like glorified through our suffering. So I think mm-hmm. it's it's worth the, the yeah. pain. Um well thank you yeah. so much, Tim, for being here, for mm-hmm. taking the time out of your your week. I know this has been such a blessing to talk with you. So thank you so much. Of course, of course. For all of you out there, stay tuned because we have another wonderful guest coming in. And as I mentioned earlier, I've already heard the interview and it is amazing. So I'm talking with Megan Geyer, an alumni of John Paul the Great Catholic University, about her life now as uh, an actress, as a choreographer, and as continuing her dancing. Um, And it's super um, beautiful conversation, so you will not want to miss it. Stay tuned. And we are back with Letter to Artists from John Paul the Great Catholic University, ready to hear from our second guest today. If you tuned in earlier, you were hearing from dancer and actor Tim Johnson about his journey in dancing, how his acting has played a role in his path, and vice versa. If you missed his reflection on the quote from JP2's encyclical, you will want to catch the replay for sure. Now, joining us is another dancer with an acting background. She comes with a variety of experience from dancing in Disneyland parades, net festivals, and even NASCAR, which is super cool. She's gotten a taste of the dance competition world and now dabbles in choreography as well. But I will let her tell you all about it. So I'm very excited to welcome Megan Geyer. Welcome, Megan. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm super excited. Do you mind just um, leading us in a quick prayer? Of course. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for bringing us together to talk about your creation and the beauty that you've given to us. And thank you so much for connecting us and allowing us to be able to share our opportun- or our situations that we're in, whether they are good or bad, and just being able to discuss everything in between and especially using our talents for your greater glory. We pray this in your name as we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, that was beautiful. Why don't we begin by you just telling us a little bit about yourself? Of course. So um, my name is Megan. I grew up in Southern California and I've lived here my entire life. I'm actually the third of eight performance-loving siblings. So I grew up with the arts being a huge part of our home. We, you know, for every situation, whether they're birthdays or holidays or just a random Tuesday, we would be performing um, skits, singing songs, dancing, playing instruments. So I guess that's kind of where my love for the arts really started. I have been a Catholic my entire life as well. My parents have really raised us in the faith and shown us the beauty of God's creation throughout our entire lives, which was really cool because I love having that background. And currently I am studying, or sorry, I finished my studies about four years ago. Um, So currently I'm in my career path. I am pursuing acting. I am teaching dance and choreographing for musical theater. So living the dream. Oh, wow. That is totally living the dream. That's exciting. Yeah. How did you, um, so you mentioned, you know, 
you're in a performance loving family. Um, did that, did dance call you right away? Were you, was it a sibling that led you to dance? How did you get involved there? Yeah. So actually my parents would always give us the option every summer to choose some sort of extracurricular. So at the age of three, I'm not really sure because I don't remember too well, but I know that I was put into my first dance class at that young age and I was there with my older sister. So we ended up taking dance for some time together. And then of course, because there is a three year age gap between us and sometimes she was in the older class and I would keep trying to push because I wanted to be in class with her again. (laughs) So that was always kind of my um, determination there, I guess, was trying to be in the class with her. So I was pushing myself a lot in dance and just loving it along the way. So that started at a young age and it just kind of grew from there. Oh my gosh, I love that. What um, styles did you get into? Was it ballet or? Yeah, so right at the beginning was ballet and tap. So getting, you know, both the technical aspect of ballet and the rhythm and just more of the freedom, I guess, with tap um, really helped to develop the love for all of the styles because later on I added jazz and then lyrical and contemporary. Oh, cool. So you've kind of dabbled in it all. Yeah. Basically everything but hip hop. That one I just cannot bring myself to do. <laughs> That's okay. I feel like I feel like it's interesting hearing that because I feel like people are the opposite too. It's like they can either do, you know, like ballet and lyrical really well, but then hip hop it's harder. But I don't know. I'm not a yep, dancer. That's so. me. <laughs> <laughs> um so right away did you start getting into competitions or um did you just do performances? What did that look like? Yeah, so because I was only doing it for some time during summers, just because, you know, big families, we only had a limited time and money for everyone. Yeah. So I didn't get into all of that kind of stuff right away. It wasn't until I was maybe around junior high age that I was doing dance more full time by that. I mean, just not during summers, it was during the entire year. And at that point, we had more just like community performances. It was a really small group. Um so we would perform at nursing homes, we would do recitals, but it wasn't competition until I was in high school. And that was a little bit different because that was part of the color guard team. So I used all of my dancing skills because for anybody who does not know what color guard is, it is combining dancing with spinning equipment like flags, rifles, and sabers, loosely based off the military color guard. So you basically create routines and stories that way. So we would have you know, like a six or seven minute long show where you would just transition from this piece of equipment to that and using the dancing skills in that way. And that's where I really started the competition journey. Oh, that's cool. And did that kind of change the dynamic of dancing for you or? um, Yes, definitely. Because I think the thing about the competition journey for me was it was at, you know, a very formative time in my life because in high school, you know, That can be a really touchy time for anyone, but that really helped me because I was definitely really quiet and kept to myself, but because I was forced to go out of my comfort zone, like as soon as I walk in the room, I had to be performing. So having that confidence and using those talents really helped me to just grow in that respect. And when it came to dancing after that, it was the same. It was just okay, I feel so much joy right now. It's okay to show that. So I would really just allow that to kind of take over. And then after that, I just felt a lot more confident in that way. 
and really just used those talents to help with that. Oh, wow. That's beautiful and really positive. I feel like kind of the dance competition world itself has sort of a, I don't know, negative air around it, maybe with, Mm -hmm. you know, some shows that are on TV and things like that. Did you feel like, and I feel like they, they push you at a young age and you were saying you just went on, you know, summers for a while until about middle school. Did you feel like ever like you were behind or that there was like, I don't know, a negative air that you had to fight or anything like that? Yeah, to some extent, yes. So in a couple different ways, I would say one, the dance competition world is a little bit scary at times. And that I'm seeing more as a teacher because a part of our group that we taught at our studio, I was in charge of their jazz routine for competition and taking them to competitions this last year, I saw it all. So, you know, there are a lot of times that the dance competition world pushes making kids act older than they are, whether that's in costumes or content or music. A lot of the times you see like a six or seven year old and you're like, why, why am I thinking that that's a 15 year old right there? Right. And it's just because of, you know, what they're doing. So it is unfortunate that that's the situation in most cases. The good thing is that um, with my studio specifically, we're focused on keeping the kids young. So what we're doing is, um, you know, just allowing them to grow as dancers, but keeping everything in that little age bubble. So that is something, like I said, I saw more from the teacher aspect of it. When I was competing for Color Guard, I didn't see it so much because I'm not sure if it was just my coach or what the situation was. It just seems like basically any of the high school groups were pretty age appropriate for high school. Okay. So I didn't see it so much individually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's I think really that interesting. pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think um, I'm wondering too, yeah, obviously with, with the negative, there's always something very beautiful. So um, as you're seeing that um, kind of, now, I do want to talk about into your in your transition into choreographer now, but um, before, how, how are you seeing, like, the beauties there still, though? Um, the ability, like you were saying, you found joy and you found dance as a way to express that joy kind of with the world. Are you seeing that in the girls that you teach now? Definitely. I think a lot of them, you know, whatever their situation is um, before stepping into the dance world, whether, you know, they grew up in a really fun and loving family versus whether they've had a lot of struggles. I think every one of those girls, I have seen so much joy when they dance. Mm. So a lot of the times that becomes more of like a healing thing for them. It's an opportunity for them to forget everything else that's happening outside of the studio and just come in and use the talents that they have. And I can speak from a performer's perspective as well. When I dance, like there's some sort of joy there that just starts to bubble up and there's no explaining it. It just happens when you move. So I definitely see them feeling the same way. Mm. This is, um, I'm kind of putting you on the spot with this question, but it's just something that I um, was thinking. I feel like especially in, you're talking about how girls are pushed to grow older too through um, the competition world and everything like that. Is it, is it a struggle maybe for you personally or for like the girls that you watch, I think, you know, with modesty or even in dress in the way we move, um, is that something you've had to battle as you've like learned to do choreography and grown in your faith and things like that? Yeah. So that's a really good question Mm -hmm. for me. Not quite so much. I think that I really just lucked out in my instructors and the stuff that I was asked 
to do because I luckily have never had to push myself in that way. Um, I have actually a couple of times, I don't know if you want me to go into this, but for some acting Mm. stuff specifically, that kind of thing has been the case. In both ways, I could see it happening sort of the same way where, you know, a lot of the times when it's something more professional versus like the traditional dance studio setting, they're really willing to like work with you and hear you out. So if you say, hey, like this is something I'm not comfortable with because A, B, and C, and you give them legitimate reasons, a lot of times I've found that people are a lot more willing to hear you out and try to come up with a compromise. So the good thing is that I haven't had to deal with that. I know that people do though. So I'm, I'm actually wondering how that would work in specifically the dance studio mm-hmm. setting, because, you know, you're thinking there's one main instructor or choreographer for something. Sometimes they're not willing to budge. Right. So at that point, that's when you have to make that call. Like, is it worth all of what they're asking me to do? Or is it worth it for me to pull out and go find somewhere else to be? Right. And I think that that's kind of a, a scary thing, but something I think we're confronting more and more. And I just, um, I know for myself in, in the acting world, the same thing. It's It's been a, you know, it's kind of a, a daily battle. Or just sometimes people don't think about like, oh, how how this might come off if you move in this way or just this outfit that, you, that you've been given or something. And I think um, for women, it is a little, I think, more, more prominent than men, um, specifically mm-hmm. in, in the roles that we're given. But I just, I see that in dance too. And I know, and dance is a more like, of course you need, you need more specific costumes because you're moving in a different way. And there's a, a total beauty to that and a right order to that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I was just wondering on, on your experience with that. So thank you for, for commenting on it. Um, I yeah. do want to get back into um, your experiences in how you transitioned from maybe your, your dancing into the choreography stage. Sure. Yeah. So basically, you know, I went up through like high school in my experiences and then in college is when I really felt that shift. So, you know, I was competing in color guard in high school all four years. As soon as I graduated, I actually went to JP Catholic to study acting. And at that point, um, dancing was still in me. Like it was still something I loved to do, but I didn't really see myself doing much with it. So it was just a couple of times I would, you know, talk about it or some of my classmates would overhear, oh yeah, I really love to dance. And some of them were saying, hey, well, I don't know how to dance. And I think it'd be kind of fun if we formed a club. Hmm. So they ended up convincing me to form the dance club at JP Catholic. And that was a lot of fun because we got together for some some technique and then would just create combos or routines for fun just to help with, you know, putting everything in motion. And we would perform for, you know, our version of, the talent show which is our coffee house that we would have and basically that's kind of where it started and then as soon as some other classmates got wind of me being a choreographer or a dancer that's when they were saying hey well I really wanted to put this kind of dancing in a short film of mine could you help me out and that's where I really started to choreograph and a couple of times I would actually get caught in a position where somebody really wanted a style like waltz and I'm sitting there going well I don't know how to do waltz and I can try my best anyway and I can try to do the research and they were like yeah you know what I'm at this point let's try it so I would go home and I would just sit for a couple of hours and just research basic steps of waltz 
and look at videos and try to come up with something. So I ended up learning a lot and choreographing in mostly the styles that I already knew, which was a godsend. But every once in a while, I would be thrown something else and I would have to go and do my research and try try it out even sometimes on roommates, which were very willing. But <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And that's, I guess, where the choreography aspect started um, up until my senior year of college where we were putting on J.P. Catholic's first ever musical and I was given the opportunity to either be in it or potentially choreograph it. So at that point I jumped on choreography and decided to give that a try and it was a ton of fun and I learned a lot from it. That is that's so awesome and I love hearing how people's how, how we're just we're such diverse people and we have so many different talents that all usually link together and I love how kind of your journey with dancing and acting they intertwined and then even in dancing like you expanded your skills from dancing to choreographing and um and working with people teaching in the midst of that um and so I think that's really beautiful not to kind of limit the work that God can do in us and and even just pivoting us even within our talents um and I'm just it's it's inspiring to see how you let that happen too um now I think maybe I I know you definitely told me this but for our viewers and to clarify for me, did you dance in the Disneyland print or were you choreographing or how did that work? So, yeah, that was an opportunity where um, basically they would invite different schools or different local um, performance groups to come in and perform as like kind of the header to the Disneyland parade. So, yeah, it was those situations where we would go every single Christmas and there were times that I was either spinning flag or I was dancing, but it was a lot of fun to have our little Christmas routine and be able to do that right before the big parade went down Main Street. Mm, that's so fun. And then same with like the festivals and the NASCAR. Was that more of you performing or choreographing? Yeah. So actually NASCAR, that one is my students performing. So mm. then for them, um, I choreographed this routine and they're going to go and perform that. I don't know exactly if it's like during during the NASCAR race, right before, whatever it is, because it's going to happen in about two months. Oh, cool. But that one's going to be a lot of fun. And they've been doing a lot of local um, local performances as well. So I have both choreographed in that respect and performed myself in local things as well, like county fairs and nursing homes and things like that. That's so awesome. Right now, if you're just joining us, you are listening to the voice of Megan Geyer as we discuss her experience in dancing and as a choreographer and even as an actress. Um, We're talking all about uh, those experiences in the dance competition world, how it works, how Megan got into dancing, um, and just sharing a little bit about how the Lord has expanded um, on her talents as she's moved from each of those different artistic fields um, and how he continues to to move in her now to teach uh, the students that she's got. Um, I want to now pivot our conversation into the guiding excerpt from JP2's encyclical Letter to Artist. And just as a reminder, he writes, St. Francis of Assisi twice repeats in the Chartula, which he composed after receiving the stigmata of Christ on the mountain of La Verna. You are beauty. You are beauty. St. Bonaventure comments, in things of beauty, he contemplated the one who is supremely beautiful and led by the footprints he found in creatures, he followed the beloved everywhere. So Megan, I just want to ask you for any personal reflection you had on this snippet, any thoughts about maybe they tie into dancing or your experience? 
Yeah. So first of all, I want to say I love St. Francis of Assisi. Mm. My mom used to sing the prayer of St. Francis and she was like sending me to bed for the night. So I just feel like I have like a special place in my heart for him. But yeah, I think this is a really good reflection as to what beauty really is and seeing how, you know, St. Francis of Assisi has the stigmata, which is not just some little thing. It's, you know, such, it can be very painful. And still seeing the beauty in that is really incredible. And just, you know, that's the thing that she keeps saying is you are beauty. Mm. So no matter what we are given, what trials, I think just being able to reflect back to God and saying, this is how you created me, or this is what you gave me. This is beautiful. And specifically, as when it comes to dancing, I had the opportunity recently to physically like go to a show and see this ballerina dance and she had no arms. And yeah, that was absolutely incredible because she still has so much joy. She could have sat there and talked about how hard her life is, but she instead just expressed all of the joy that she had within her and danced. And I think that reflects really nicely with this passage because again, St. Francis of Assisi has the stigmata and still saying, you are beautiful. And she is almost, you know, saying the same thing with how she's dancing and using her body and using the uniqueness that God created her with. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm really struck by um, how how in the St. Bonaventure comment, he says, led by the footprints he found in creatures, he followed the beloved everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I love that, that word creatures because <laughs> we are creatures of God. And of course, we are children of God, but we are also creatures of, of the Lord. And But finding the beloved everywhere. So I think even in kind of what we were talking about earlier in the midst of um, maybe the mess or the confusion sometimes that... that um, is everywhere, but specifically we were talking about in the competition world of, of dance. Um, you can follow the beloved in that. And so I'm just, I'm wondering how there are ways, if, if there maybe is a particular experience or dance that you've danced that you felt very connected to the Lord, like you're following him directly or um, just how you mm. see Jesus in, in the world of dance. Yeah, that's, yeah, definitely. There have been moments for sure where I have really felt that deep connection And I think it's even a lot of the times in the simple things. So there was one time that I can think of specifically that I had a routine that, of course, I couldn't relate to 100% because it had to do with like the 1940s and how I was supposed to be portraying a woman whose husband went off to war. Mm. Obviously, I haven't been in that situation. So, you know, even just connecting with that human, the base human desires and you know, how God created everyone. It's very raw, I guess, and the way that you're able to connect to the deeper stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And in that situation specifically, it was during a really hard time where I did lose someone that I loved. And of course, it, my grandpa ended up passing away like during the time that I was performing that. And oh, it was wow. a really hard time for me, but I used that specifically to kind of fuel the routine and you know taking just the common theme of losing someone that you love or not knowing if they're going to come back to you that kind of thing really helps to go from one thing into the the other and I think that just using all of that to connect really also helps me to cope with that yeah 
And it just helped me, I guess, to turn to God in that situation more and say, okay, like, I understand this. And it helped me to work through those emotions and, I don't know, find some sort of peace from it. Yeah, wow, that's incredibly beautiful. And I know um, you were speaking earlier about how even the girls that you teach, you find it can be very healing for them to just enter the studio and um, put away the world, but also bring it out through them. I think sometimes I remember in acting, we would always say in in my acting classes, I I went to Illinois State University and got my acting degree there. Um, We would always say we don't leave everything at the door. We, we bring it with us mm. and we use mm-hmm. it and, and that's, we're working through it there. And that's, that's okay because we can't just shut ourselves off like that. But there is, right. there's a way where like we, we lose ourselves in the performance or something like that. And I, I just find that so moving and beautiful because again, it, there's a real truth to that in the sense of when we're present and that's what we're called to be very present and we can only find God and encounter him in the present moment and we can Mm -hmm. lose ourselves in him and if that's through a talent he's giving us through beauty because he himself is beauty so if you're losing yourself in a dance or something that's truly uplifting like that is good and that is a moment of beauty with a capital b where you're losing yourself in God um so that's really powerful what your experience there that you were sharing about the dance that you went through so, um, yeah, I guess we're, we're kind of coming up to our close here, but do you have any um, further reflection on the passage or just how the, how the journey of dancing and acting has helped you grow in your relationship with God? Yeah, I think um, specifically how it's helped me grow is mm-hmm. really just because it is so bare boned. I just, you know, dancing, you could argue that like, you know, you need the proper shoes to dance, but generally it's just it's your body. It's Mm. how God created you. So for me specifically, I'm thinking, okay, like this is what God gave me. So how can I use it? And especially with the talents and passions that he's given me, I feel like it's almost like irresponsible to not use it. Mm. So being able to dance and share that with others as well, that has helped me a ton just in, you know, kind of embracing who God created me to be and being able to hopefully let allow others to feel that too because a lot of the time you know people look at careers like this and they're like well you know it's more of like a dream versus Mm. an actual career but I've found that specifically if you have that passion and drive God can open doors for you and you have to just follow it you can't just look at it and say well that's just a dream Mm. it's a call to follow that wow that was incredibly powerful and I I 100% believe everything you just said. I think that's something um, I've been blessed to talk about a lot with my my friends kind of in this stage of life too. I feel like um, being, I'm not I'm not going to make you say your age on the air, but I'm guessing you're a young adult. You said you graduated four years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. Um, but I feel like especially this is a pivotal age for us to decide those things. What are, what are dreams and what are actual ways, like dreams for us to put in God, to root in God. Um, I think we abuse or like almost... Yeah, the, the word dream itself, um, I think we tend to be afraid of in the sense that it can't be rooted in God, but we can't fear the desires that he did give us, but also mm-hmm. not be afraid to surrender them to him and say, but Lord, if this is what you really want, like, then let's do it. Like, let's make it, make it happen. And I'm willing to yeah. work and wait. I think that's the thing is working and waiting. Those, those things both scare us. Um, and so it's really cool to see you work and wait and, and your dreams are coming true. And 
it seems to be completely in line with his will for your life. So um, thank, thank you. you so much for, for your time, Megan, and for sharing this with us. It's been, it's been awesome to just sit and chat with you. This is the first time I've gotten to meet Megan. So this has been really fun. Thank you. Yeah. And I feel the same. Thank you so much for putting this together. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. We'll definitely be in touch. Yeah. Now, there was a lot of fun stuff in this episode, so be sure to check out the replay on Spotify, Apple Music, or Google Podcasts. Just type in Letter to Artists. Remember that we are on air every Saturday morning on JP2 Catholic Radio, 9 to 10 a.m. So if you are tuning in the show from afar and would like to listen air quotes live, you can go to jp2radio.com and click listen now in the top right corner. Or like I said, you can catch the replay of the episodes on Monday mornings um, and then they're there and they're up for the the whole rest of time on Spotify, Apple Music, or Google Podcasts. You should also follow us on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search JP2 Catholic Radio or JP Catholic. And Letter to Artists is proudly brought to you through brought to you through a wonderful partnership between JP2 Catholic Radio and John Paul the Great Catholic University, hoping to encourage you to accept this call to holiness through the talents that God has given you. I'm your host, Bailey Garland, signing off with some encouragement for your day. Be not afraid. You artists who perceive in yourselves this kind of divine spark. As poet, writer, actor, architect, sculptor, musician, feel the obligation not to waste this talent, but to develop it, to put it at the service of your neighbor and of humanity as a whole. May the beauty which you pass on to generations still to come be such that it will stir them to wonder. Society needs you, artists. The world in which we live needs beauty.